0: Hey everyone, it's Japheth here. Just really quickly wanted to pop in and invite you to join our DEI recruiting panel that's on Wednesday, November 15th at 3 p.m. Eastern. It's an incredible panel featuring employers like PwC, Accenture, Serco, Wavestone, Hershey, and more. Free registration link is in the show notes. Again, that's Wednesday, November 15th at 3 p.m. Eastern. We'd love to have you there. If you're listening to this after the 15th, then just check out managementconsulted.com for the recording or stay tuned to the podcast where, where it will drop soon. Thanks. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome to another edition of our live case series. This one led by ex Joe McClelland. Joe spent several years at BCG. He got his MBA from Notre Dame and he now served as a case coach with Management Consulted. In this, Case interview demonstration conducted in front of a live audience. Joe leads an engineering PhD through a first round case. The case features a cruise operator looking to break into the Uber luxury cruise market via acquisition. Can the candidate crack this case? Well, you have to listen to find out. You can also work with Joe one on one through Blackbell for a personalized case prep plan, one on one support and a whole lot more. Like in the show notes to learn more. In addition, the show notes will also take you to a page where you can see the video recording of this case and you can see the chart from, uh, from inside the case as well. Thank you for tuning in to Strategy Simplified. Let's dive into this live case. All right, Pruboja.
1: Well, it was great to hear a little bit about your background and now we're gonna transition into the case portion of our time together today. That's all right with you. Does that sound good?
2: Yep, sounds good.
1: Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about our client. So our client is the C- CFO, excuse me, of CruiseCo, one of the largest cruise operators in the U.S. CruiseCo is considering entering the Uber luxury cruise segment and has identified a small company, Jungle Cruise, for potential acquisition. Should the client go through with this, what do you think?
2: Great. Uh, let me repeat the prompt real quick make sure. I got everything. Our client is the CFO of Cruise Co, which is a cruise operation company in the United States. And they're trying to enter, um, uh, they're looking forward to the acquisition of a luxury, smaller cruise company called Jungle Cruise. And uh, they hired me to know if they should acquire or not. Uh, is yeah, that, that sounds right. Okay, great. Sounds like an interesting case. I have a few questions here. So what are they uh, looking for in terms of goals uh, after the acquisition? Like are they um, looking to grow the company or looking for a particular um, hold? Like how long they want to hold the acquisition for? Do they have similar kind of metric here?
1: Well, in terms of their goals, you know they're not currently in the Uber Luxury Cruise segment, so this would be expanding their portfolio into that segment. Ideally for the long haul. Okay,
2: for long haul. And uh, if you could explain me a little bit about uh, who are what's the business model of Cruise Co? like how do they generate revenue and who are their customers?
1: Well, they're not what I will tell you is they're not in the upper luxury or Uber luxury cruise segment, but in terms of the model for cruise ships and everything, you can totally bring that in your, your framework. We'd love to hear what you think about the business model and the revenue streams, et cetera.
3: Okay.
2: Sounds good. And just to clarify, uh, the Uber luxury cruise segment, uh, what's what that would be.
1: So, yeah, so it's targeting, uh, Significantly upper income, uh, people, their ships tend to be smaller. So an average cruise co ship currently is about 3000 passengers. Um, Mm -hmm. a jungle cruise has ships that are about a thousand passengers each. So it's smaller, higher quality, bigger rooms, better food. Um, things like that.
2: Okay. Got it. Sounds good. And this will be the last question that I have, uh, the location, um, that you mentioned is both are in the U S or do they have any other locations that they operate in?
1: Um, you can think of them as both U S companies, but as it is a cruise line, you know, they travel all over the world on their ships, but they're based in terms of their business centers are in the U S okay.
2: Sounds good. Thank you so much. I think this information will be enough. Um, I would like to take a couple of minutes to come up with the structure
0: if that's fine. Yeah, sounds good. Are you targeting firms like McKinsey, Bain, Deloitte, BCD or Accenture and join our black belt program. Black belt is a structured case prep program that combines expert coaching with a self-paced prep curriculum. You'll get eight hours of one-on-one coaching with a former McKinsey Bain or BCG Consultant, and unlimited digital materials and homework will assign you in between sessions to accelerate your progress. And finally, resume and cover letter edits to ensure you get the interview. 80% of Black Belt's who complete the program land at least one offer inside consulting. If you're ready to land your offer and change your tra- career trajectory, join Black Belt today. Link in the show notes to learn more. All right. So,
2: to understand if uh, our client should acquire Jungle Co or not, um, we can start by looking at four different buckets. Uh, understanding the our target market, which is uh, Uber Luxury Cruise Market. The second word would be understanding our target company, Jungle Co. Uh, third one would be understanding um, the current portfolio of our client, Cruise Co. And then uh, finally, we could look at synergies and risks of this acquisition. So digging deeper into the first uh, bucket, the target market, uh, we can look at the market sizing. How big is the uh, cruise market in general? And the Uber cruise uh, luxury cruise market is it very different from the actual cruise market. Um, Like, it should definitely be smaller uh, because it's a luxury market, so how small is that? And then uh, the second thing that we could look at is the market. Is there any specific market trends, like the market? Is it growing? Is it stagnant or uh, declining market? And then we could look at the competitive landscape. How many competitors are there? Are there big competitors or more uh, newcomers into the market? And is there any major barrier for the newcomers to enter the market? Like, um, because they travel, there should be regulations of countries, different taxes, et cetera. So what what are the barriers to the market? Um, So after we uh, look at mostly the market uh, of the Uber luxury cruise, we can move into looking at Jungle Coast specifically, uh, where we could look at what's the positioning of jungle co right now like their revenue profit are they profitable or breaking even or burning cash um what kind of investment portfolio do they have are they um, how much is the value um, of the company and how much equity uh, is diluted etc and then we can look into the uh, management style and the culture of the company uh, jungle co are they ready for acquisition or not um and then third is the cap- capabilities how many ships do they run every day and what are the actual quality of the ships uh, customer feedback etc so all this will let us know uh, the what jungle co is worth uh, the valuation of the company and then uh, we can after this we can look more uh deeper into the crusco portfolio um for the purchase they would have to have a significant investment so where are they uh, getting the money from are they do they have that much uh money to fund for uh that investment uh, what are the interest rates et cetera? and then um what are the goals, other goals of Cruise Co., except for the financials, do they align with the acquisition of uh Jungle Co. And then finally, we could look into the synergies and the risks. Is there any operational synergies, uh, marketing synergies, etc.? And then the risks. So there could be brand dilution uh, because um, luxury cruise is a different sector as of uh, Jungle co which is more of, looks like more of a common man cruise. Um, so there could be a difference in the brand reputation. And then is the industry recession proof? Uh, these could uh, come into the risks. So um, these are all the things that I would uh, look at. We could start from looking at the mar- sizing the market more. Uh that's fine.
1: Too. Um I don't have any data on the market specifically right now.
2: Okay. Um so do you think it's a good idea for me to make an assumption and start sizing the mic- market or uh, would you prefer looking at other uh, buckets like the revenue of Jungle Coal? uh and, and the profit and All of those things.
1: Um, yeah, let's not size the market right now. I don't have revenue numbers. Is there something else you'd want to look at? Mm,
2: Do you have, uh, competitor information on, um, the over cruise, um, a luxury cruise market? What are the other competitors and what's the share for?
1: No, I don't have that either.
2: Okay. Uh, Then uh, I think the next thing that we could look at is the valuation of the company. Uh, Is it, uh, how is it valued? Is it valued good enough for Cruzco to invest that amount of money or not?
1: Yeah, I have an exhibit I can show you that pertains to that. I'd love to hear what you think of it. Okay, let me share that with you.
2: You can see the screen. So the adjacent companies are uh, are they competitors or um uh, like what what does the adjacent companies mean here if you could clarify? sorry
1: well, they have the description there. What do you think?
2: okay. Okay, so um, one of them, two of them are uh, luxury cruise companies, and then uh, two of them are hotel chains. And then we have uh, the profit information and the sale price for those. Okay. So I think, uh, because we are comparing jungle cruises, which is a luxury cruise company, we could, um, uh, compare, uh, their return on investment with the other two cruise companies, which is the third and the, uh, fourth company. Does that sound good to you?
1: Well, you know, I was interested, you mentioned earlier, we're trying to evaluate the company, right? Okay. So based on this information, how should we tell our client or give them some counsel on what jungle cruises is worth?
3: Okay.
2: Okay. Got it. So, um, so we could, uh, just, uh, divide the sale price by the net of op- operating profit to find out the value, uh, valuation multiplier and use the same for, uh,
1: jungle cruises. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan.
2: Okay. So I'll go with the cruise first, the last two. So for the Valhalla cruise, um, it's the multiplier is going to be 950 divided by, um, 90 million, which is, uh, 10, almost 10. 5 then almost 10.5 million then Open C is, is going to be 500 by 45, which is almost 11 million. And do you think it's worth it also to calculate the five-star hotel change? Or we could just conclude that. Um, it's an 11 million multiplier for the luxury chain.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think from a valuation standpoint, the hotel comps are probably a little too far off to be super relevant. And so, you know, you have 10.5, mm-hmm. you have around 11. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think? Got it.
2: <laughs> Yeah, so I think, uh, assuming 11 million, uh, jungle cruisers valuation would be 330 million. Um, is that the valuation our client has been offered?
1: Um, we aren't sure what we've been offered yet. And so that, but that's an interesting number in terms of what we can tell our client, um, for valuation perspective.
2: Yes. So if it's 330 million or higher, I think uh, our clients should go for the acquisition just based on uh, the valuation perspective.
1: I didn't quite follow that. Can you explain?
2: Oh, so um, I'm saying that if uh, our client can offer uh, 330 million um, or lower, so they can oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Um,
3: and then is there any other um, data that you have for
2: uh, have has our client looked into any other luxury companies um, luxury cruise companies for the acquisition like any similar uh, competitors or Newcomers, which might offer them a better valuation.
1: Um, No, they haven't looked into that. Is there anything else we should think about with that valuation number? Do you think?
3: Uh, we can think about. The. Profitability, like how, how that would grow the money would grow
2: either calculate a net present value, or do you have any data on the estimated profits that they're going to make so we can calculate the return on investment on the, that?
1: Yeah, I don't. Um, I have that sort of, you know, I think a question that you brought up earlier that would be helpful here is, you know, we've, we've sort of evaluated the company, right? But earlier you talked about our client, like, can, can, what are their financials? Like, can they actually afford what the company's worth? And so I'm going to share a exhibit with you and just want your thoughts on that.
3: Okay. That was good. All right. So this is the profit analysis of Cusco. And it looks like they're making and this is per
2: annum. Correct. So it's
3: yes. Yep.
2: Making 90 million of
3: revenue and the costs are 60 million, so their profits per year is going to be only 30 million. And there is very
2: low cost synergies associated with this uh, acquisition. And there is going to be almost like a 20 million of the which is, two thirds of the profit that they're making. So I think in terms of a financial standpoint, um, looks like a lower, much lower cost synergy and more cannibalization uh, compared to the profits that they're making. Um, And it's a 330 million acquisition, which is 11 times of their annual profit. So do they, um, I think it's going to be a risky acquisition based on my initial hypothesis, uh, but have they considered, um, taking loan or from somewhere? Yeah, they would,
1: de- they would definitely be willing to, you know, take on some debt in order to make this acquisition. Um, so I just got a text from the client and they tend to want a break-even point of about about 15 years
2: 15 years okay so we can calculate the payback for this the investment is 330 and the profit is 30 so 300, by
1: but... check that 30 number. Cause so, we're like, what you, you have 90 minus 60, which makes sense, but we're, we need net profit, not what you have.
2: Okay. Yeah. Got it. So it would be ninety minus sixty plus uh the cost synergies which is 10 m- minus the cannibalization which is twenty uh, uh. So-
1: I I don't know if is it are you have is it pretty small on your screen? I think the cost series looks like five, right?
2: Yeah. Okay. My bad.
1: Sorry. That's so that's okay. Yeah, I'd say fifteen for cannibalization, five for cost synergy.
2: Okay. So it's um thirty plus, 10, so forty forty million is the profit. So the payback period is going to be
1: sorry, check that again. So you have 90 minus 15, right? For revenue.
3: I have
2: 90 minus 60, which was a profit earlier and minus 15 plus five so nine uh, 30, five minus 15 so, so you mean the cannibalization is 15 and the cost synergies are five correct so I yeah so you're I'm you're adding
1: taking the
2: Yeah. I'm adding the cost synergies to my profit and subtracting the cannibalization. Is that
1: yeah?
2: good? Yeah, you're
1: doing it right. I just, the answer is not 40. So I just wanted to make sure how you were setting Mm -hmm. it up.
2: Yeah. uh, I did a calculation mistake again. And so it's
3: 20 actually.
1: Okay. That makes sense.
3: Yeah. All right, um, so it's going to be three hundred ten. So it's almost going to be, um, payback period is going to be eleven years, um,
2: which is less break-even point is going to be 11 years, which is less than 15 years. So that way, if that's the goal, um, this sounds like uh, they they can acquire.
1: how do you get that 11?
2: So I had uh, the Jungle crew, uh, the investment to be 330. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 330 minus uh 330 divided by 20 is going to be the break even points correct
1: yeah so just check your um, division there okay yeah
2: so it's going to be all right Making a lot of calculation mistakes today. It's going to be, uh, 16 years. So it's more than 15 years. So it doesn't sound like a good plan.
1: Okay. So, okay. So I just texted the client like about how firm they are on the break even and you know they're they're open to that assuming that there are other really strong benefits which we could look at look at maybe at a later time but our client's concerned about risks um and i know you talked about some of them earlier but i'm curious like if we try to move forward and make an offer on this what are some risks of doing that
2: So the uh, first thing would be, I also have, earlier I had a framework based on lesser data, but here looking at the data from this plot, it looks like there is less synergies. So less synergies is a risk, Um, lesser cost synergies here, and more cannibalization, which is also a risk. So there would be a significant amount of cannibalization of the sales. After the acquisition, Um, also there could be a brand value dilution because uh, Mm -hmm. Cruise Co holds a different value than uh, as a brand than the luxury uh, Jungle Co, Um, and then there could finally there could also be um, effect due to recession. Which Mm -hmm. could be there in both the industries, but uh, I think it would be more in the luxury cruise industry um, because they have
3: lesser ships and lesser capacity in general. Yeah, all that makes sense. Uh, Anything else?
2: Finally, um, I think uh, I would like to recommend not to acquire at this point. Uh, because looking at the calculations and the plots, it looks like it looks like um, their goal will not be achieved. The break even is reaching it after 16 years, uh, whereas the target is 15 years. Um, also, the investment amount of investment required 330 million is pretty high, so they might have to take a debt. Given that the interest rate rates are higher right now. Uh that's also doesn't sound like a good option. Um overall, there are risks to consider as well um, regarding cannibalization and cost synergies. So overall, I would not recommend this acquisition at this point.
1: Okay. break. How did that feel?
2: That that was great, uh good experience and I think I could have been better at the math. I was making pretty silly mistakes. Could be the nerves, but uh, Other than that, the experience was really good. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, sure thing, yeah. What'd you say?
2: Looking forward to the feedback.
1: Okay, yeah. So yeah, there were, Raboja, there were a lot of um, good things here for sure. Just to give some context, this I would say is definitely a for an MBB firm, like a round one, a more straightforward round one, more of like a weed out case. And so their expectations for this type of case, because there aren't a ton of, although it's, you have to kind of figure out how to drive the case forward and what data there is and isn't, which you experience a little bit. There aren't a ton of, unusual things in it, in terms of numeracy or, you know, really difficult conceptual stuff. And so this just for everyone watching, like, this is a pretty fairly straightforward, um, round one case, but, um, yeah, there was a lot of good here. I think your strongest part, and we'll go from the beginning, but I think your strongest part was your business insights and the framework. I felt like you had a pretty strong framework and we'll go into that in a little bit more detail and, I think you had good insights you just kind of got stuck um, on the math a little bit and understanding or remembering like okay why did i ask for this data and and how does it change the answer and so we start from the beginning um so this took about 30 minutes um i would which is you know you don't want it to go longer than 30 minutes i feel like a really crisp version of this case could have been i don't know 23 minutes maybe a little bit quicker because there were only really three major sections of it besides the framework. Um, your intro was good. I think sometimes people take a long pause after they hear the prompt, and yours was like probably under five seconds. You wanted around three seconds, um, and you you did fine. Like I I don't think it was the crispest intro, but it's not something that you're going to get dinged for. Um, it's a very short prompt, and so you can reflect that in your in your uh, response. Um, I felt like your questions um, were fine. I don't think all of them were necessary. I think clarifying the goal was a good question. And I liked that you didn't just ask, like, what is the goal? But you gave some perspective or hypotheses on what it could be. Are they trying to expand? Is this a more short term investment? I don't know how much a short term investment would make sense for this specific case, because they're buying into a totally different segment for the most part. Um, but yeah, like that's good whenever you ask a question to give some sort of perspective if you can. Um I think asking for the business model when it's a pretty obscure or niche industry um is valid. But I feel like cruises are fairly well known in popular culture. So I think ask like if you're gonna ask about that, I would want you to give some perspective. So I'd want you to say, okay, when I think about cruise ships. They're going to sell tickets. <laughs> They're going to have, you know, casino. They're going to have a spa. Like, I assume that these are sources of revenue. Are there any other sources of revenue I should be aware of? I feel like when you don't, um, at least give some idea when you ask that question, it seems a little lazy. I'm not saying that that's what you were doing, but that can be often what it, you know, comes across, which is why I said I'd love for you to think about that in your framework. Um, And then yeah, your question about what makes the Uber market, Uber luxury market unique. That was a good question. Um, so yeah, I would say you could probably like, uh, called one or two of those questions, um, and gotten the info you needed, but they were fine. Um, one thing here, um, and yours, yours was fine, but I just want it for the, for the group. Um, and this is just my opinion. So I feel free, feel free to get other people's insight on this. But the, you, you transition to your framework saying something like, I would like to take a couple of minutes to come up with a structure if that's okay. And I would just say, like, consulting organizations typically are pretty flat in terms of the dynamics in the meeting. So instead of asking for permission, I think it's just fine in a polite way to be declarative and say, okay, I'm just going to take a couple of minutes to plan my approach and then we can jump in. So don't feel like you have to be super deferential and ask for permission all the time. you you're, um, your interviewer will be very assertive and tell you if he or she wants to do something else instead. So, um, okay. Your framework two minutes and 23 seconds to make it, which is in the ballpark. You're kind of pushing that upper limit. And so just know the longer you go, the more quality I'm going to expect, but actually your framework was quite good. Um, so I feel like this was a a great example of definitely, if you were grading on a scale of four, like this would definitely be a three, maybe a 3.5 or, or higher. I liked how customized it was. Like it was a fairly traditional structure. Um, so if you use something that's kind of a structure that you memorize, it's really important that you customize it. And you did, it was clear that you were talking about um, cruise ships you weaved you woven some hypotheses like i'm guessing that this market will be smaller because it's uber luxury you talked about barriers and you mentioned because of travel there could be government political issues regulation so i really liked your customization um i thought you did that well um and i felt like um when you got to your second bucket i was hoping that you would say like why you want all this information because you kind of listed Like, I want to know their revenues and their profits. Are they burning cash? I want to know their investment portfolio. But then you finally got there. You're like, because then we can evaluate the company. And so I would have, ideally, you could have said that at the front end. Like, we need to know how much this company's worth. Um, But you got there at the end, so that was good. You just don't want to, like, they know why you want it, but they want to know that you know why you want that data. And so it's good to kind of weave that in there. and then yeah i felt like the rest of your framework was strong you can you uh, told me where you wanted to start i didn't need to ask you so way to drive the case forward and then i thought once we transitioned to the first exhibit in the math, you did a great job of hanging in there like you asked me for market information i said i didn't have it you asked for something else i said i didn't have it and i didn't really give it to you and then you just you took a second you look back at your framework and you said, well, let's think about valuating the company. So that was great. Like sometimes they just won't give it, tell you what to do next and you hung in there. And so that was very good um, for the exhibit. I think you just, you, you got there. I think you just lost track of why you, what you had asked for, because you had asked for the right thing. I want to evaluate this company. And then for the first like minute or so, when you were looking at the exhibit, you kind of like stopped talking about the valuation And so I would have liked it if you had just, I think you would have been much crisper there if you had just remembered, okay, this has something to do with valuating the company. And I was wondering, maybe she doesn't know what multiples are, but then you clearly did. And so I think if you had just kept that more front and center, um, that would have um, helped you in that section. Um, For the next one, I think you just got a little um, tripped up with the actual calculations. And so that's just something that drilling will, will help you with. I think the concept there was like you, you, in order to get the profit that you use to calculate the break, even you need to incorporate cannibalization and the cost synergy into that net profit number. And so that was just the conceptual thing that you need a little bit of help there with, but I liked that you gave perspective on the numbers throughout you said, Okay, the cost is lower than I thought it would be. That's not a good thing. This feels like a more risky acquisition in that regard. Um the one thing I would say here on more of a soft skill side is a couple of times you said um I don't remember exactly your exact language, but you know, I'm making a lot of um calculation errors today or you apologized. And I would say like you tend to not want to apologize. Like just say, "Oh, thanks for that." Or I'll keep that in mind going forward. Um, So you express thank you and acknowledge the correction or the help, but don't don't draw more attention or don't be super apologetic. I feel like that just draws more attention to it. Um, And then we'll move on for the sake of time. So the creative question or the brainstorming question, I think one trick is to recognize when these questions come up. And this one was a little interesting because it was something you brought up in your framework. So I liked how you acknowledge that. And then you tried to add to it based on the information in the case, couple of things here. Um, they want you to be structured with these. So even if you have to, it's not, doesn't need to be as sophisticated of a structure as the earlier framework. And if you need to take 10 seconds, I wouldn't say take more than 10 or 15 seconds, but if, you know, you see, I'm gonna take a second to think about this. I want you to write down at least two buckets and it could be financial, non-financial, internal, external. Like you wanna have something more creative than that, but it's better to use one of those frameworks, short-term, long-term to to group your ideas and communicate them in a structured way. So I would have loved to see some structure there. Um, you could have just done financial, non-financial and then, um, two other things, be prepared for anything else. When I asked you anything else, you jumped right into the recommendation, but it's pretty common for them to want to press you, even if you're doing a great job with it for more ideas, all the ideas you had were good and under and, uh, defensible, but I just wanted to see what you would come up with. If I asked you for another risk. And I might've asked you again, but you jumped straight into the recommendation. So I think, although you started off minus the structure, like pretty strong there, um, that probably they might have, if they had more time, like come back. No, I want you to think of more ideas or they might've marked you down a little bit because you just moved on. So just be ready for the anything else. And I've done this with a few people, and sometimes they will say anything else and say, no, that's it. <laughs> you really don't want to do that. And so the nice thing about having a structure is if they say anything else, you can just, without making a new structure, look down and say, oh, I can think of another financial risk or a non-financial risk. And a good way, you always want to drive the case forward. And so once you get done with brainstorming, I want you to prioritize or pick One of those things that you came up with that you can look into more so huh i really want to understand why those cost synergies are so low how confident are we in what we can capture are there ways that we can increase them and i might not have data for that but it shows me that you're thinking through to how to continue to refine the answer your recommendation uh, I like that you started with the answer first this case. You could have kind of gone either way, depending on how you round the multiple. It gets closer to 15 years, depending on how you round. So there's not one right answer here. Totally valid to say, this is a risky acquisition. You gave the answer first. You had data greater than 15 years break. Even, um, had to take on debt. You brought in some knowledge of higher interest rates now. So I like that. The one thing I would say is like a risk or next step you want the risk to be something that kind of makes you question your answer a little bit, not in a way that makes you change it, but the risk that you gave was kind of like what you'd already said, like cannibalization. um, uh, I forget what else you said. Uh, But like, what would have been nicer is like something that we would need to consider is if we don't make this acquisition, would one of our competitors make this acquisition and get a leg up over us? So just want something more that like is an extenuating circumstance that you would need to check into to feel more confident about your answer. Does that make sense? But overall, yeah, good business sense, great framework. I think you have you know, the potential for sure on those calculations if you keep keep those numbers straight. So overall, good job.
2: That was super helpful. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for tuning in for this case led by Joe McClelland. If you'd like to put yourself on the hot seat in a future life case, you can do that. It's free. We'd love to to get your participation in this there's a link in the show notes where you can volunteer you can sign up and let us know you're interested in being the candidate in one of these cases we do up, do it on zoom a couple hundred folks uh, show up live it's a, a lot of fun it's a little bit of added pressure but you get a free case coaching session from a former uh, mab consultant, and uh, we'd love to have you again link in the show notes to check that out thanks so much for tuning in and we'll catch you again on another episode very soon